Amen. You may be seated. Um, I just uh, tried to find a, a passage that would be relevant to an idea that I had. And so Isaiah 61 through 3, the Bible says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you, and nations shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your rising. I, I think, uh, I'm not sure if it was last uh, Wednesday, I was preaching, and I was listening to, my, to the message, actually. I do that every so often. And uh, I mentioned that it was our responsibility to be the light of God in the world. Obviously, we know the true light is Jesus, and we'll look at that, right? But he lives within us. And so we are the light of the world, and it's up to us to shine. If we do uh, shine, we, we know that we live in a kind of a uh, upside-down, topsy-turvy world. It's not new with us. It's been the same since the beginning of time. But uh, we know that if we shine, not, a lot of people won't receive it. But we also need to understand that if we don't shine, if we shine, others will receive it. Juan is one of those that received it, and he's given testimony to what God is doing in his life. If we do, some may not receive it, but others will. The only certainty is that if we don't shine, nobody will receive it, because without shining the light, and we're going to basically correspond to that, telling people about the Lord, uh, without shining the light, then uh, faith is not given an opportunity to arise in the hearts of people, right? So what we're going to see is that Jesus is the light of the world, and Jesus is also the Word made flesh. So to shine, we must proclaim Jesus. We must proclaim the Word of God. Why? Simply said, without hearing the Word, there's no opportunity for faith. As we proclaim Jesus... We shine the light. Romans 1, 16 and 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for the salvation to everyone who believes. There is a uh, false heretical teaching going around. It's not new in our day and time, but it's that Jesus died and, and buried and rose again so that everyone can go to heaven. Well, that's partially true. He died so everyone could go to heaven. However, they take it to the extreme and say, therefore, everyone will go to heaven. And that's not true because God's most precious gift to humanity is called free will. And God doesn't take away our free will. He gave it as a gift to us. In fact, if you want to know where evil originated in, it originated in the choices that we were able to make because of free will, right? So God doesn't eliminate free will. He doesn't eliminate choice from the equation, but he died for all that whoever believes, whoever puts their faith in what God has done, they will receive salvation uh, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it, in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed by faith, for faith, from faith, for faith. As it is written, the righteous shall live by faith, or another way of translating that, by faith, the righteous shall live. So Romans 10 and 17 says, faith comes by hearing, and the context is the word of God. 
hearing about Jesus, hearing about the gospel, hearing about the message of the Lord, and hearing through the word of Christ. Today I want to look at the significance of shining in the darkness in the midst of the world that we live in and letting the light of God become evident to the people around us. So uh, first point we're going to look at, and really I should have titled this The Source of Light, but I'll try to do everything with an R and there wasn't a really good R for this, so I put the root of light. But really, what I meant was the source, okay? So that way, when you write your outline, you can just use R's. and uh, It's a preacher thing, okay? Well, anyway, John 1, 1 through 4. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it, right? So, who is the light? Jesus, right? Matthew 4, 13 through 16, talking about when Jesus began to go and began to, to, to after he was baptized, after he went into the wilderness, the Bible says, he went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali so that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. And for those dwelling in the region and shadow of death, on them a light has dawned. By the way, the people back then, you know, sometimes today we hear people say, oh man, the world is so dark, the world is so dark. The world's always been dark. How do you know that? Because you can infer that from the scripture itself. The people living in darkness, where did Jesus, who is the light, go? He went into the darkness. It seems today that the church is trying to get out of the darkness instead of go into the darkness because they think that if they go into the darkness, the darkness is going to overcome them. But what they need to realize is that darkness does not overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. Greater is he that lives in us than he that lives in the world. We have to come to an understanding that Jesus, who lives inside of us, is not threatened by darkness, right? And so God actually called us the light of the world. Now, I'm getting ahead of myself. Let me keep going. John 1, 16 through 14. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. The true light which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of the blood, not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but born of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glories of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and true. So again, what we're trying to get you to realize is that Jesus is the light, and he is the source of light. But if you need it more plainly, and I could have probably just had one point and one scripture, and it's this. Jesus spoke to them saying in John 8 and 12, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Okay, so we've, we've kind of hopefully done a good job of helping you realize, you know, like the kids in class, uh, whenever they go to class uh, and they talk in a, in a Sunday school class and they ask for an answer, what's the answer? Always Jesus, right? Pretty much you're going to get it right in Sunday school if you come up with the answer, 
Jesus. It's always going to get there. That's the answer. Who's the light? Jesus is the light. Second point, radiators of light. I don't know if that's how you spell it. My spell check didn't do a good job. It didn't like that word. But what I meant by is emanators, radiators of light. That brings us back to our text. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples. But the Lord will arise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. He's talking about the people of God. We are assigned and commissioned to radiate the light of God, to let the light shine in the world that we live in. How do we let that light shine? Really, in our membership class, we, we have four different ways that we bring out. Kind of that's what we're going to be talking about here today. But we, we shine the light by speaking. Speaking what? The Word of God, right? Psalms 119, 105 says, Your Word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, right? Now, how does the Word of the Lord come forth? Jesus is not speaking from heaven. The Father is not speaking from heaven. He speaks to us. He made us a bridge between heaven and earth. We're spirit, soul, and body. The Spirit of God lives inside of us, communicates with us spirit to spirit. We process that with our soul and with our body. We give manifestation to what God is saying or what God is wanting to do. We are the perfect bridge between heaven and earth. Right? So if God wants to say something, He speaks to His people spirit to spirit. Right? And then when He speaks to us, we process that. And then when God wants to say something, we, His people, are the ones that say it. Romans 10, 14 through 17. How then will they, who's they talking about, people who have not believed, how will they call on Him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in Him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone's preaching? Don't get hung up on the word preaching. People always think about what I do, but the reality is what we're talking about is talking about Jesus. Without somebody sharing, without somebody testifying, without somebody preaching, without somebody proclaiming. And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach good news, but they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. So we proclaim or we speak the word of God uh, through preaching, the, the, uh, talking about the word itself, but we also proclaim the word of God as we talk about Jesus and what he has done in our life. We say our testimony, right? That's what Juan came, and he gave his testimony. When he gave his testimony, he was talking about the word of God, and so he is sharing the word of God, but he's sharing how the word of God impacted his life. The Bible says in Revelations 12 and 11, they conquered him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, for they loved not their lives even to the point of death. I like that translation better, even unto death. Um, Reve uh, Revelations 19 and 10 says, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It's important and imperative that we as the people of God understand that we can share Jesus simply by sharing our testimony. See, a lot of people aren't comfortable doing what I do. 
A lot of people aren't comfortable with scriptures and memorizing scriptures and sharing scriptures. Not that 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 uncomfortable ability should keep you from doing that. But what I want you to realize is that you can share Jesus without ever sharing really a scripture. Without having memorized the scripture. And you can be effective at reaching people for God by shining a light, by being a light just by talking about what Jesus has done in your life. You said, well, you're going to have to prove that to me. Well, I didn't put it in here, but I think it's Mark. It may be Mark chapter 6 where Jesus goes over to the Gerizim territory and there's a guy there that's called the Gerizim demoniac and he's possessed by a legion of demons. And Jesus casts out the demons. They go into a herd of pigs. They run off a cliff. People come and realize he's in his right mind. What's happened? They're all afraid. They ask Jesus to go. Jesus goes. The guy that Jesus just set free, he wants to go with Jesus. I want to go with Jesus. Everybody wants to go with Jesus. He wants to go with Jesus. And Jesus said, no. Go tell everybody what I've done for you. Now, think about it. He hasn't been to Sunday school. How do you know? Because he was locked up in a cave, naked, screaming, waiting to be. He didn't go to Sunday school. He had been to church, right? He wasn't doing online school of ministry. What was he doing? He was being tormented by the devil. So Jesus said he doesn't have any preparation doesn't have four spiritual laws, doesn't have any tracks, but he does have a testimony. And Jesus said, go tell everyone what I've done for you. Don't come with me. Go tell everyone what I've done for you. So what I'm trying to get you to realize is that you can be effective talking to people about what Jesus has done for you. In fact, one of the most effective things you can do is to share your testimony. <laughs> right? So what this man did is he did what Jesus told him to do. He went throughout the whole territory. The Bible says the whole region of the Decapolis, 10 cities. He shared his testimony to everyone there. And remember, this whole territory wanted Jesus to leave because they were afraid of him. The next time Jesus comes back over to the other side of the lake, when they heard Jesus was there, the Bible says they got their sick, they got their infirm, and they all went to Jesus. What changed? It's my contention. It's the man that went around sharing his testimony. And what was his testimony? I was the guy that was locked in a cave, chained, because I was full of demons. And Jesus showed up and set me free. And I want you to know that if Jesus can set me free, this is my, my understanding of what he did, he, Jesus can set you free as well. And so the next time Jesus comes back, they didn't run, they didn't ask him to leave. They got their sick and their lame. Can you imagine? They didn't have Uber. They didn't have cars, but they got their sick, they got their lame. They went to their friends, got the sick, got the lame. How did they care? I would imagine like the person that was carried by his four friends. They were carrying him on a pallet or they were dragging him along or they put him on a donkey or whatever they had to do to get him to Jesus. They went to great distances to get him to Jesus. What was the, the, the instigator of that? The man's testimony. The man's testimony. And so I want you to realize that we can shine the light by, yes, it's good to know the Word of God. That's, that's what we want you to do. We want you to learn, but you don't have to wait till you've been through a class to share and shine the light. Tell people about what Jesus has done for you. 
But you know, today, it's hard to get people to share their testimony. It's like pulling teeth. I mean, I mean, with no anesthesia. <laughs> it's tough, right? So I got, a, I got a text, hey, somebody wants to share their testimony. Now. Awesome, great, fantastic, right? And they said, I said, who is it? Juan. I said, oh, Juan. No, I said, <laughs> no, just kidding. It was awesome because it's hard. People just don't ask. You have to ask people to share. And sometimes it's like, it's like, come on now. And if we can't do it in here, much less out there. This is practice for out there because here there is light. There will be people that come in here that need light. But there is light here. Where there's no light is out there. How do we share the light out there? By giving our testimony. We can't be afraid of being unfriended. We can't be afraid of people rejecting us. We have to share the light. As I said before, will there be people that reject us? Yes, maybe more than what accept us, but to the ones that accept. It's like... Um, the boy, there was a storm that came through, and there was a, there was a, a great, uh, you know, waves impacted the seashore. And after the storm went, the, the, the seashore was littered with starfish. So many starfish, you couldn't even count. And there was a little boy out there, and there was an old man watching the little boy. And the little boy's going along, and he takes a starfish and throws it in the ocean. And, goes along and takes a starfish and throws it in the ocean. And the old man, you know, he's lived a long life. He said, son, you know, that's not going to make much of a difference. And he picks up the next starfish and he said, will it make a difference to this one? And he threw the starfish into the ocean. You see, sometimes we think, well, I'm not really going to make that big of an impact. But to the one you make an impact, do you? I'm here because somebody preached the gospel to me. Maybe the whole world didn't turn when that one person preached the gospel, but I did. And it made a change in my life, and I'm forever grateful. And when they made a change in my life, think about all the other people that God has used me to make a change in their life. And then the people that were changed because of my testimony, they began to share their testimony. So you think one person doesn't matter. One testimony doesn't matter. It matters. We shine by what we say, but we also shine by what we do. The natural works that we do. Jesus said, you're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. I think in James it says, what good is it to say that somebody needs a coat and you say, I'll pray for you, but you don't do anything for them. That's not faith. Faith without works is Dead. You got to have natural works. We got to show compassion. I, my favorite, I, I'm going to watch it. I'm going to watch it because it's Christmas season. My favorite, the Christmas Carol, where you got Ebenezer Scrooge who, who hoarded everything to himself and then he found the joy of the Lord and began to give and began to give and began to give and changed the lives of people. That's as Christians, we have to do natural works, right? And we shine the light by doing these things, by, by helping people that are in need. But not only are we supposed to do natural works, we're supposed to do supernatural works. And you say, well, I can't do supernatural works. You can't, but Jesus who lives in you can. And the Bible says in John 14 and 12, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I 
do, and greater works than these will he do because I'm going to the Father. And you say, well, he's not talking about supernatural things. Well, let's go to Mark 16, 17 through 18. These signs will accompany those who believe. In my name they will cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. They will pick up serpents with their hands. And if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay hands on the sick, and they will recover. What did he tell the disciples when he sent them out? He said, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the lepers, cast out devils. How do we do that? Not in our own strength, not in our own power, but Jesus who lives inside of us. This is what we're called to do. We're called to shine the light by the things that we do. But we also shine the light by how we live. Right? Oh, Jesus loves you, you know, while you're, while you're, while you're stealing their lollipop. You know, I mean, that, that doesn't work. You have to be integritous, how you live. We shine by living, Romans 13 and 12. Love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfillment of the law, right? It's not just what we say, it's what we do. I see Christ in you because of the love of God that emanates through you. So we have looked at the root or the source of light. We've looked at the... Um, uh, radiators of light. Now we want to look at reactions to the light. And really this was my whole point in, 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 in talking about this. I had a thought, and this is where it was leading to. In 2 Corinthians 4 and 4 it says, in their case, the God of this world has blinded the minds of unbelievers to keep them from seeing the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God. As I stated previously, the importance for us as believers, as lights in the world, is that we let the light of God shine in us and through us. What we often get confused is that we correlate our shining based on the effectiveness or success of our shining. So in other words, I'll shine if I'm successful or I'm effective, but if I'm not successful or I doesn't do any good, I'm not going to shine. How do we determine success or effectiveness? Unfortunately, we fall into the trap of thinking it's by whether people have responded to the light. That's not the case at all. We're not called to shine so that we can have quantities of people respond. We're called to shine because Jesus gave us the mission to do so. Listen, when I first started uh, uh, preaching, I used to, uh, I'm trying to remember how I used to say this, but I used to listen to my messages and I was trying to become a better speaker. I was trying to have better, better vocabulary. I was just trying to be, be more, uh, and you may think, well, there's nothing wrong with that. Well, in the natural, there's nothing wrong with that. But the Lord spoke to me and he said to me, uh, Rick, he said, don't do that. He said, when people hear you preach, they're not listening to you. They're listening to me. And so it's not about how well you do it. It doesn't mean that we shouldn't do things well, but we can get focused on the wrong thing. We can begin to think, is, I won't do it if I don't do it well. No, we've got to learn how to do it. And as we do it, we learn how to flow better with the Holy Spirit. And as we flow better with the Holy Spirit, we will find it's not that we do it well, but we can become more effective. Okay? And then 
another scenario was when I first got saved and I had a call to ministry, um, I felt like the Lord, uh, uh, I felt like I needed to start preaching the gospel. And I, I had other people counsel me uh, that, that I should go to school. And I didn't want to go to school because I was afraid Jesus was going to come back. And, and he'd come back when I was in school and I wouldn't be able to do anything for him. And, uh, and I was like, no, I'm not going to do that. And the Lord spoke to me one day. I'm so glad the Lord can help navigate, you know, because he's the light. Hello. But anyway, he spoke to me. He said, Rick, he said, I want you to look at things a little bit differently. He said, if I ask you to go to school and you don't go, but you win lots of people to me, when you stand before me in heaven, even though you have all these people to your credit, I'm going to ask you, were you faithful to do what I ask you to do? And if I ask you to go to school, even though you did all these good works, and you didn't go, then I will not be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. He said, now, if you go to school and I come back when you're in school and you don't have the opportunity to preach one sermon, he didn't, he didn't quite say it this way, but this is the gist of it. You didn't have the opportunity to preach one sermon. You didn't have the opportunity to reach one person for me. And I come and you stand before me. I'm going to ask you, were you faithful to do what I asked you to do? And I said, well, Lord, you asked me to go to school. And I said, then you're faithful to do what I ask you to do. Well done. Good and faithful servant. So what does that have to do with us? So sometimes we equate whether we should do something or not based on whether we can be effective at it or not or based on whether we can have success or fruit. But really, the reason to do something is because the Lord said, this is my will for your life. So the Lord didn't command us to shine so that we would have multitudes of people get saved. He, man he commanded us to shine because that's what we were created to do. And think about this. Think about a lamp, a lamp that was created to shine. Think about the lamp saying, well, if 75 people don't bask in the warmth of my eminence, I will not shine. Does that make sense? A lamp doesn't think about how many people are going to experience its light. A lamp, just you turn it on and it shines. If nobody's in the room, and you know with Alexa now, you can have your lights on all the time and turn it off whenever you want, even if there's nobody in the room, right? I'm always turning off my wife's. My wife goes in the closet and she leaves her light. I'm always turning off her light. There's nobody in the closet. I'm turning off the light, you know, but it doesn't matter. When you turn on the light, it shines. It doesn't ask, is there anybody here? It doesn't ask, is there anybody going to respond? It just shines. And when the Lord came into our life, he turned on the light and he asked us to shine. He didn't ask us to be effective. I'm not saying we can't be effective. You, you understand what I'm saying? What he asked us to do was to arise and shine. As we've already seen, Jesus was the light of the world. He came and shone in this world, and there were many reactions to his doing so. Remember I read in John where it says he came into his own, and his own received him not, right? Ultimately, with that great light, there were some that received, not as many as you might think. 
He went throughout all Galilee, preaching in their synagogues, teaching the good news of the kingdom. There were great crowds that followed him, 5,000, 10,000, 20,000, all these people. But you know how many people were in the upper room? 120, right? So I'm not going to go to, to earth because if I go to earth, there's only going to be 120 people that respond. Is that what Jesus? No. He didn't go to come and do the mission because of how many people will respond. He came and did the mission that he was assigned to because it's what the Father was leading him to do. It's what he was born to do. And what we need to realize is we're born to shine. We are born again to shine. In, uh, one, l l let me give you a couple of examples of Jesus. See, ultimately, Jesus was shining, but people sought to put out his light. In John 66 through, 6, 60 through 61, and then we'll jump down to 67 through 69. It'll be up there on the screen. When many of his disciples heard Jesus, what he was preaching, they said, this is a hard saying. Who can listen to it? But Jesus, knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this, said to them, do you take offense at this? So Jesus said to the twelve, Do you want to go away as well? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life, and we have believed and have come to know that you are the Holy One of God. So what I want you to see here is that even though Jesus had a whole crowd there and he had a bunch of his disciples, when he began to shine the light, and you know the light reveals the truth. The light is truth, and it reveals things whether people want to receive them or not is not really our prerogative. It reveals things, and Jesus was going to preach the truth. And when he preached the truth, some people were like, I, I, that, I, that's too much for me. I don't want the whole enchilada. I just want what's inside. Or I just want a little bit of cheese. But don't give me the whole thing, because if you give me the whole thing, I can't digest it. I don't want it. And what happened was when Jesus preached what he was preaching, even some of his disciples wanted to leave. Did that stop Jesus from preaching? Did stop, that stop Jesus from declaring? No. Did he say, oh, man, I better not say anymore because even the 12 are going to leave? No, he turned to the 12 and basically said, I'm not going to change. Are you guys going to leave too? And they said, no, Lord, you have the words of eternal life, right? And so we've got to learn how to shine in the midst of a dark world, not change our message, not accommodate our message to the world. We've got to shine our light in the world that it seems to be, we, we were just, it doesn't matter, it's, it's out there in the public. You know, the, the Pope just signed something that they're going to bless same-sex unions. I'm not sure if they call it marriages in the traditional sense, but they're going to add their blessings to that, you know. But the reality is that's not what the Word of God teaches. We're not to accommodate the culture to the culture. We're not to water down the truth to the culture. We're not supposed to dim the light. We're supposed to shine the light. Well, what if people don't like it? What if people leave? What if people won't come? That's not our job. Our job is to be faithful to shine. Some won't come, but others will. Some need to see the life that I'm living is wrong. But God 
can change me. God loves me so much. He can free me. He can set me free. All I have to do is recognize that I'm not right. I'm not living right. What is right? What is it? It's the Word of God. It's what God teaches. If I don't have something to guide me, how can I get out of my distress? I've got to preach the truth. I've got to tell the truth. I've got to tell people it's Jesus. Well, what if people never heard of Jesus? Are they going to go to heaven? And we like to say, well, you know, no. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh to the Father except through me. Well, what about those that have never heard? That's not on God. That's on us. Didn't he say go into all the world? What if there are parts of the world that haven't heard? Is that on God? That's on us. Why haven't people gone? All, uh, you know, what did, what, did, what did the word of the Lord in Isaiah chapter 6? Uh, uh, who will go for me? Whom will I send? He didn't say, Isaiah, will you go for me? He said, whom will go for me? And in Isaiah, we found one person that said, I'll go. But the voice of God is forever ringing. Who will go for me? Whom will I send? How will they believe unless they hear? How will they hear unless they send? they're sent? Right? How, who, how are these people going to know? It's up to us. The Holy Spirit is a sending spirit. He wants us to go. Well, if people aren't going, is that on God? No. That's on us. Well, what do we have to do? We've got to shine the light. But it's hard. It's dark. Where do you put lights? In dark places. Right? I don't want to go work in the plant. Those people are, are, are they're mean. <laughs> they're, they're, they're perverts out there. I'm, I'm not saying they are. I'm just saying there might be. But I'm just saying I'm not trying to. I, I feel unclean when I go over there. Where did Jesus spend his time? And what did he get, uh, 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 he got criticized by the religious crowd that he was spending time with the sinners, with the tax collectors. But what did Jesus say? It's not the well who need a physician, it's the sick. You don't buy more lights to put in a lighted room. You buy lights to put in dark places. Who is, again, so simple, who is the light of the world? Where does God want you to go? I don't want to go back to my home. It's, it's hard. It's difficult. You know what? I didn't want to go back when I first got saved to my home because I got saved out of, I don't, I just, it was, it was crud. I got saved out of a mess. But Jesus didn't take me out of there and put me in a commune. I went back home. And you know what happened when I went back home? My mother got saved. My father got saved. My brothers got saved. My friends got saved. Their friends got saved. Their friends of the friends got saved. Because God knew better than to take a light out of the dark place. It's kind of like he did with Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. They were taken captive. So they thought, they didn't realize that that was God's plan to reach Babylon. He sent a couple of lights into Babylon. And when he sent the lights into Babylon, King Nebuchadnezzar got changed. And when he got changed, there were other people in Babylon that got changed. I'm going to make this a Christmas message. 
I'm not going to go anymore here, but basically I'm winding up. Other people in that place got changed because Daniel became the, uh, the head guy over the astrologers and the magi and those kind of things, right? So when Daniel was, was shown shining, it was evident that God was on his life because of what God did through him. One particular example, he got thrown into the pit of lions. What happened? Did the lions eat him? No. But when the people that threw him in got thrown in, did the lions eat them? Yeah. And what was the declaration? The God of Daniel, who rescued Daniel. He is king. He is Lord. You know, whatever the case may be. So people, God, God set a light in that place. And what I'm wanting you to realize is that Daniel, I believe, because he was the head over those people, he began to teach them how God was sending his son in scriptures. The Messiah would come. And then I think it's going to be about 500 years later in Bethlehem, the Bible says there were three magi coming from the east. Where'd they come from? I believe they came from the region of Babylon. And what were they following? When they saw the star, what is the star, by the way? A light. They followed the star. And when they followed the star, who is the light, if the star brought them to the true light that had been born into a world of darkness to bring light to all men. Sorry, <laughs> I felt that one. The light of the world is Jesus. First message I ever preached, when they saw the light, First seat that I ever had. When they saw the light, they rejoiced with great joy. There are lots of people out there today that need to see the light. And how do they see the light? When God's lights shine. And how do we shine? By telling people about Jesus. You are God's plan for a dark world. Well, things are so bad. You know why things are so bad? Because Christians have bought into the idea that we're supposed to get out of the world. Totally contrary to what Jesus said, which is we're supposed to go into the world. Well, I like the first idea better. Well, that first idea may be better to you in the short run, but when we stand before the Lord one day and he asks, did you do what I asked you to do? I want him to be able to say, well done, good and faithful servant. Think about this, and I'm done. A doctor is not hired to treat well people. A doctor is hired to treat sick people. So where are the sick found? That's where the doctor's got to go, where there are needs. Where does the Lord want us to go? Where there are needs. And the Lord's got all of us, not just pastor, all of us in different places in this world and all we got to do is shine do i got to learn the four spiritual laws wouldn't hurt but no do i got to preach a good sermon wouldn't hurt but no what can i do just tell them your testimony tell them what god has done for you mm -hmm.